Jen Psaki has confirmed that when the Biden administration releases illegals into the U.S., they first give them a free smartphone. You cannot make this stuff up. Congratulations, we're going to send you to a beautiful neighborhood free of charge because you came into the country illegally, and here's your free smartphone. They literally, being an illegal, I want a free smartphone. Being an illegal, it gives you so many perks. You get the free phone. You don't need a vaccine. You don't need a mask. You never need to worry about COVID restrictions. And you get free health care coverage to boot. And you get a chartered flight right to the suburbs. It is insane. Yeah, I know a Jewish refugee lady from Ukraine, a Jewish Ukrainian refugee. She is stranded in Moldova. She has a man that she was supposed to marry who's living in New York, and she cannot obtain a U.S. visa. She cannot get into the United States. She's a Ukrainian, a war refugee, a real refugee, not like these fake asylum seekers who are coming from Guatemala because, you know, they, they didn't like the environment there. And she can't get in. It, it's like Guatemalans and Mexicans are pouring in by the droves, no problem. But if you actually have to get on a flight, like being in Moldova, you have no shot. It's it's And she'd be much, she would contribute a lot more to the, trust me, she would not take the free phone and she would be paying lots of money in taxes. Meanwhile, Jennifer Rubin, the Washington Post columnist, Jennifer Rubin, you may have heard about this. She said, the Biden economy is great. Listen to what she said. She said, if not for inflation, Biden's record on the economy, it would be masterful. It would be essentially what she said was Biden's just if you just ignore inflation, Biden's economy is phenomenal. You can't make it up. I mean, like if only inflation had that one little thing about how gas prices are totally crazy off the wall, out of control, off the charts and Oh, you know, buying money on paying money for groceries. If you want to buy a car, electronics, all that inflation. Besides that, Biden's an economic genius. I mean, like you know, Vladimir Putin. I mean, if Vladimir Putin were not a vicious mass murderer, he'd be an angel, right? I mean, Ben Shapiro responded to this. If not for IQ points, Jennifer Rubin would be the next Albert Einstein. Just those pesky IQ points always get in the way. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, it's very frustrating because as we see now, I mean, the Russians have basically withdrawn from Kiev and they're focusing on the eastern part of Ukraine. And we'll get into more of that later. But Biden literally could have crushed Vladimir Putin. And remember, Biden, he was offering to Vladimir Zelensky, hey, why don't you escape now before the war begins? So like Biden, they were literally trying. They, they predicted that they were so off the Pentagon got this so wrong, totally overrated the Russians, underrated the Ukrainians. But what's amazing is that Joe Biden, he really has been doing pitifully little. I mean, they could have overthrown if they wanted from within. They could have had Putin overthrown from within if they had truly humiliated him. That's what Reagan basically did with the Soviets. But what we know is now is thanks to the Hunter Biden scandal, we know the Bidens are compromised. We know that the Bidens got millions and millions of dollars from Russia. So think about that. We know that Vladimir Putin has, must have tons of dirt on Joe Biden, that, Bo, that Biden is desperate to keep secret. So how do we know, and a caller pointed this out, how do we know that the Bidens are not complicit, that Joe Biden is not complicit in this war? Look at the facts. You'll say, oh, well, come on, that's a very diabolical accusation. Look, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but look at the facts. You have Biden basically bending over backward not to help Zelensky, not to help Ukraine. The U.S. could have done so much more, so much sooner. So they essentially gave Putin like a cakewalk. Putin blew it because his army's terrible, but that can't, Biden can't control. And we find out that it turns out the Bidens were paid off, were bought off. Millions and millions of dollars were funneled 
to the Biden crime family. So and but but that's just supposed to be coincidence. I'm just supposed to like accept that. I mean, imagine if it were Trump. Imagine if the Trump family had gotten millions and millions of dollars from Russia. They accused Trump of colluding with Russia, and he, and it was all a lie. It was all made up. Biden, you you actually have substantial evidence here that he colluded with Russia and is letting Russia win. Elon Musk. Oh, how great is this story? Elon Musk has purchased a huge stake in Twitter, as you've probably heard, over nine percent. Elon Musk is now the largest outside shareholder of Twitter. He's a huge critic of Twitter. Elon Musk believes in this crazy concept called free speech, the, the First Amendment. Yeah, he's, a, he's really wacky that way. So Elon Musk actually is now going to be – he's not a controlling partner because bottom line, the corporation is the corporation as I understand it. The corporation still owns the most shares, but he's number two. He owns four times as many shares as Jack Dorsey – who was the person who founded Twitter, was the CEO for many years. So this is this is just epic here with Elon Musk taking over. He, you know, he's already – he's very influential. And why did they do this, by the way? Why, why did Twitter – because Twitter brought him in. They invited him in. He, he was not going to do this if he didn't have their cooperation. And the reason is – because of money. It's, it, 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 as it usually is, it's because of money. But, but Elon Musk is already making changes. He already took a vote, took a poll, uh, about an edit button. And now they are experimenting with an edit button. That's something that he believes in. Now, is Trump going to be let on? They let the Ayatollah on Twitter. Are they going to either cancel the Ayatollah, suspend the Ayatollah, or, which I don't think Musk is going to do because he's, he believes in free speech, as I said, or, yes, even the Ayatollah, and we could debate this. But amazing how Twitter, they bump off the former president of the United States, but, um, but, but, but the Ayatollah, who like tweets all about genocide all the time, they have no problem having him on. So we'll have to wait and see. It, it, Twitter's saying, no, we're not going to reinstate conser- you know, the accounts of the conservatives who were booted off. But I'm curious if at least moving forward, if Musk can make Twitter stop censoring conservatives, at least moving forward. But think about this. Because why did Twitter let him in? He's been a big critic of Twitter. There was a thought that maybe he would go and open up, launch his own uh, social media platform, which is what Trump is doing with Truth Social. And instead, Elon Musk says, no, I'll just buy this one. Why should I go and make my own? This one's already quite popular. But what's amazing is they let him in. Now, I don't believe that they let him in because they believe in his ideology. Elon Musk has been is a threat to the old Twitter. But the answer is money. The answer is that Twitter, you know, I don't believe that they were making a lot of money in profits. It's known that Twitter has been – they're a big company, but they've been struggling a lot. And here they welcome him in, embrace him with open arms. Musk was speaking to Twitter for weeks. They announced this after they announced the purchase of the stocks. They said he's actually been in talks with them, and they're clearly embracing him. And the reason is money, because now you have Musk on your he, – he joined the board. As soon as he bought the, the shares, he joined the board. And you have Elon Musk's very, very deep bank accounts. He's, he's, he's richer himself than virtually everybody else combined. So now they have access to Elon Musk's very, very large pockets. And what I love about that is that is capitalism for you. That is capitalism. That is that is like textbook example of capitalism where you have enough money and you can virtually buy anything. And 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 that's the, that's the free market. That's how it works. It's not about the person who's got who's got the most power. It's you know it's not about basically suppressing other people. It's like listen, if you can buy in, then go for it. And you know when else Elon Musk he's done this a lot because what he has done is he's privatized industries that used to be public. Again, it's not exactly the same, but it's similar. It's it's the strength of free market capitalism. And what I mean is the space industry, because 
the space industry, NASA was a disaster. NASA was a lousy, lousy program. The, 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 the American government's space program for decades and decades was terrible. Again, it was government run. They did, they did some good things, but they had endless money at their disposal. So like there was no incentive to do things efficiently, flying to the moon, flying to outer space, the space shuttle program. These things were not done in an efficient way at all. They were done in a very costly way. They cost the taxpayers tons of money. And what did they even get in return? I don't know. Someone explain to me. The landing, the moon landing, how does that affect my life? I know it was a big moment. It's very exciting. We beat the Russians to the moon. How does that affect my life? Nobody's ever been able to explain to me. We're so proud of landing on the moon. I'm not saying it's not, you know, it's something to just totally ignore, but like, how has that affected? Well, no, we, because we analyze, we got a lot of rocks from the moon and we analyze the rocks and we know all sorts of information that we didn't know and all sorts of testing. What does it do for me? What is the moon landing or the whole space program? Trillions and trillions of dollars. How does that benefit me? And now I do understand satellites. I understand Elon Musk, this Starlink thing where he literally has people in Ukraine have access to the Internet they never would have otherwise. Again, private industry. Biden didn't give the Internet to, to Ukrainians, soldiers who desperately needed. Elon Musk did. So, again, give credit to, to private industry. But let me just give you one example of the inefficiency of NASA that, that Elon Musk solved, and that is the rocket boosters. What happened was the space shuttles, you may remember this, before SpaceX and Elon Musk, NASA's uh, space shuttles, they they took off using rocket boosters. And then what would happen to the rocket booster? Because it couldn't go all the way, for whatever reason, uh, into space. So it would fall off and it would land in the ocean and it would it would be destroyed. Every rocket booster that that was used to launch a, a space shuttle with NASA would end up la- would end up landing in the ocean and be destroyed. And and it was fifty million dollars. They they literally lost fifty million or two boosters, a hundred million dollars every time they launched a spaceship. So NASA scientists they tried to solve this because it's a huge amount of money and they could not figure it out. They could not figure out a way to get the the, the, the rocket boosters to land on Earth safely. And Musk figured it out. Elon Musk and SpaceX, they figured it out. Elon Musk said, I'm not losing $50 million. That's private industry. See, when it's the government, they have endless resources. We'll just raise taxes. We'll just borrow the money from China to pay for more rocket boosters. So they had no incentive to figure it out. Oh, sorry, it can't be figured out. Well, actually, Elon Musk figured it out because he was not about to lose $50 million every single time he launched a space. That would not be efficient. That's private industry for you. Um, Joe Biden, he said that Vladimir Putin should be on trial for war crimes. So Biden finally actually said something tough. Again, my guess is that it was unscripted and uh you know Biden kind of said it said what he actually was feeling, which which is which is a fact that anybody who's paying attention would 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 see for themselves. But the question is it actually is it constructive? Look, I I'm I'm sort of happy that Biden said it, but Joel Pollack of Breitbart, Bart, he made the point. He said he thinks this is actually going to create backlash for Joe Biden because it's a threat. What you're doing is at that point, you're threatening Vladimir Putin. In other words, Pollock said, and you, we could debate this, but Pollock said that when Trump said, I've got a bigger button, that created peace talks, but you're a war criminal. And, and, and the reason is, by the way, because when Trump said, I've got a bigger button, what he was basically saying is, listen, Kim Jong-un, you're no match for us. So I'm, I'm tougher than you. I'm stronger than you. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me is going to get him, get, get, get Kim Jong-un to kind of reach out and say, hey, maybe we can talk. You're a war criminal. You should be put on trial. Try- you know, that's making it personal about Vladimir Putin. So I certainly understand the point there. Meanwhile, Vladimir Zelensky lashed out at the U.N. Security Council. The big news, of course, is that the U.N. Human Rights uh, Council, the U.N.H.R.C., the U.N. Human, the UN Human Rights Council has suspended 
um, Russia has suspended Russia. It's it's crazy. It is madness that Russia was on the U- the Human Rights Council. So they finally suspended, even though there were like fifty eight abstentions. So it's ridiculous that you know the UN can't even come together to do something so obvious like suspend Russia from the UN Human Rights Council. I mean, if you look at the horrors, the atrocities, the human rights violations, the murder, the torture, tens of thousands of Ukrainians at the hands of Putin, at the hands of Russia, but. What's incredible is North Korea, maybe not North Korea, but China. China is still on the, for many, many years, Russia was on the Human Rights Council. China is on the Human Rights Council. And there are other countries also that that are guilty of the most vicious crimes against humanity who are sitting on the Human Rights Council. But it's just incredible how Zelensky basically lashed out at the UN and blasted them because they have done nothing to punish Vladimir Putin and Russia while Russia commit, they're just sitting by and watching. Typical UN. It's interesting how Zelensky now is lashing out at the UN. You know, all these years when they've done such terrible things against Israel. You know, uh, was Zelensky speaking out then? I don't believe he was. But now suddenly he's feeling the pain as well. Meanwhile, the UN Human Rights Council actually this past week they held they held their forty ninth session ever. And uh, do you know that they censured? They actually carried out resolutions against several countries. Only one of those countries did they have resolutions, did they have multiple resolutions against. And guess which country that is? You'll never guess. Israel. Yeah. So Russia, the Human Rights Council, they actually passed resolutions against Russia and against China, but only Israel got four. They they, they, they literally passed four resolutions condemning Israel for human rights violations. It's twisted. I mean, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. But uh, they only censured Russia. They only uh, carried out a resolution against Russia one time for its invasion of Ukraine. And even that, it passed 32 to 2 with 13 abstentions. And as I said, Russia until recently was a member of the Human Rights Council. And trust me, the minute that the war ends, they will reinstate Russia's status. All right. So President Biden, in response to the mass shooting in Sacramento, there was a horrible, horrible mass shooting that took place in Sacramento, California, this past week, multiple gunmen and Joe Biden in response, I believe six people were killed and a bunch of people were injured. And in response, uh, Joe Biden is calling for tougher gun laws, tougher gun legislation, right? This is what Democrats do, even though Biden has not done this so much in the past. But uh, in response to a mass shooting, they call for tougher gun laws. And notice who's not calling for tougher gun laws. Biden is calling for tougher gun restrictions. It's absurd, by the way. It, it, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, it's ludicrous to suggest that tougher gun laws would have helped prevent the Sacramento mass shooting. It was it was preventable, as I'm going to explain, but not tougher gun legislation. That's ridiculous. All that does is hurt the innocent, the good people. But here's the thing is that the, no, you know, who's not calling for tougher gun legislation? The rest of the Democrats, the the Democrats in Congress and Democrats in the Senate. Isn't that interesting? Speaks volumes that only Biden and and I'll explain why. But only Biden is calling for tougher gun legislation in response to this mass shooting. But you don't hear Pelosi. You don't hear Schumer. You don't hear the, the Democrats in Congress or in the Senate. Now, why is that? Because why don't they just pass tougher gun legislation? They're in charge. You are in charge. You, the Democrats are control. The White House, the House and the Senate, I mean, they passed an infrastructure bill. All right. They got some Republicans on board, but they, you know, they were trying to pass bills that wouldn't even need Republicans on board through reconciliation. I know you tell me you need 60 votes in the Senate, but have they even tried? Number one, have they even proposed anti-gun legislation? Have they even proposed legislation that would be unconstitutional, by the way, which would violate Second Amendment rights? But have they even 
put forth legislation. Are they talking about it? No, but they're in charge. Well, oh, yeah, but we need 60 votes. They're trying to pass all, all sorts of other legislation. I mean, the, the infrastructure bill was bipartisan. They needed Republicans. So maybe you can get 10 Republicans to agree with you on your on, on, on your gun your gun legislation, on your uh, gun rights, uh, not not gun rights, but the, your, your passing uh, tougher gun re- re- measure, measures and regi- and uh, and restrictions. So if I could get the sentence out for for uh, for heaven's sake here, but um, that's the question. The question is why are the con- why is Congress not discussing this? And the answer is because they have no excuse. See, they don't want to pass under Obama. Eight years, they did not pass any gun laws. I always say this, Trump was tougher on gun rights than Obama, as I'll explain with the bump stocks. So they don't want to do it. So why do they always rant and rave about it? When a Republican is in office, why do they always rant and rave about gun legislation and gun laws, tougher gun laws? Because they can't, they know they can't do anything about it. So they're not going to look silly. See, the big secret is there are millions and millions of Democrats who own guns. You know how many gun owners are in the United States? You know how many Democrats in the Midwest, for example, uh, in, in Democrat-controlled states, but the but these Democrat voters own guns. Millions and millions of Democrat voters own guns. So if they pass tough gun legislation, many many Democrats would be jeopardizing, you know, their, their their seat in Congress or in the Senate because they would turn away a lot of voters. So this is what they don't tell you: is they don't want it. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They don't want to pass the legislation. They just want to yell about it when a Republicans in office. But now that they control things, now suddenly they're all being very quiet. Except for Biden, but here's the, the 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 ridiculous part of this is that these criminals, these thugs, these vicious murderers in Sacramento, they were known. Not only were they known to police and to the to law enforcement, but they were literally they never should have been allowed to own a gun. And in fact, they were not allowed to own a gun legally. And they were known for years and years. They had these long rap sheets. They have these long, very very violent criminal histories, as I'm going to lay out over here. So. If all they have to do is enforce the current laws, if they had enforced these people legally are not allowed to own guns, the guns that they owned were not obtained legally. So all you need to do is actually just not let the criminal, first of all, lock them up. They should be locked up. It's, 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 it's insane that they were out of jail, but that's thanks to liberal California. But, uh, but just don't let them buy guns to people who are not allowed to buy guns. And like 98% of these shootings would be prevented. Dondre Martin had previous run-ins with the law as did one of the other shooters, as I'll get to over here. Dondre Martin uh, was wanted in Riverside County since 2015. He had an outstanding warrant for a misdemeanor domestic violence charge. He spent time in an Arizona prison, released in 2020 after a year and a half for violating probation and separate felony convictions for an attempt to commit aggravated assault in 2016 and a conviction on a marijuana charge in 2018. Smiley Martin was uh, another one of the shooters. Uh, he had run-ins with the law since 2013. In a letter last year to the Board of Parole hearings, the DA's office called Smiley Martin's criminal conduct violent and lengthy and said he committed several felony violations and had little regard for human life and the law. So literally, these pe- they, they, they should have been sitting in jail, rotting in jail. They never should have been allowed out. They had multiple convictions on, on violent, violent felonies. And one after the next, they broke probation. And, uh, and, and even the DA's office said little regard for human life and the law. And this man was walking the streets. And, uh, that, that says it all. All you need to do is just enforce the current laws. These are vicious gangs. These are almost always vicious gangs, or these are people who have severe mental illness who have committed many, many crimes. And all that these gun legislation, these gun laws do, if they are passed, is they prevent the good guys from obtaining guns to be able to use for, for, for self-defense. Uh, 
Yeah, so it's really just astonishing. And and yeah, as I said, think about this. Trump banned bump stocks. Bump stock is the thing that you put on the rifle. It, it, it makes a semi-automatic rifle mimic an automatic rifle. It basically makes it you can shoot quicker, you know, basically like spray shoot instead of having to pull down on the trigger again and again. So let's say an AR-13... Uh, a bump stock makes it act similar. Not, it's not quite the same, but similar to an automatic weapon, which is obviously very, very dangerous. So B- Obama refused to, and, and it gets technical. I don't want to get into technical whether or not it's called an assault weapon. So whether or not you could technically, it's included in because maybe it's not a weapon; it's just an accessory. But whatever. Obama said, you know what? We're not going to ban bump stocks. And Trump said, we are going to ban bump stocks, and and we'll fight it in court. And Trump fought it in court, and he won. So think about that. He, the, the media will never tell you this stuff that Obama, in a way, was responsible. The Las Vegas shooter, that horrific, horrific, unspeakable um, tragedy when, when the Las Vegas shooter gunned down so many people. Uh, it, was, it was horrific. It was, it was un, unfathomable, right? Well, without bump stocks, it would not have been as deadly. He used a bump stock, and uh, that was before Trump banned them. If Obama had banned them, so Obama was responsible for that shooting being as bad as it was. All right, so Kamala Harris, have you heard that there is a mass exodus of Kamala's staff members? Kamala Harris, she her her her, her staffers are fleeing in droves, are just like they can't run fast enough running for the hills, and she's literally like hemorrhaging staffers and uh and and high-level staffers by the way, and of course the media is completely burying the story and the the reason is simple. And uh, it's the same thing with Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, she's joining MSNBC. She's announced she's stepping down. These people, they want to run as fast as they can from the Biden administration because this is killing it. Jen Psaki and anybody who works for Kamala, this is destroying their reputation. Meanwhile, MSNBC employees are actually outraged. They're saying, we don't want Jen Psaki. They're saying, we don't want – she's going to ruin our reputation. So MSNBC – they're known as quite a, quite a liberal, you know, cable news channel, and they're saying we don't want to go anywhere near Jensaki. She's going to hurt our reputation. So I mean, it's unbelievable working for the Biden administration. It's like nobody wants you. Obviously, Republicans don't want you. Obviously, Fox News doesn't want them. But 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 liberal networks like MSNBC also don't want these people because they're just it's, they're so incompetent. They're so bad. They look so so. They they look like such buffoons that nobody wants to go near them. But meanwhile, Kamala Harris. Uh, she's literally lost 12, 12 prominent Kamala Harris staffers have fled the administration uh, over the last few months. And yet nobody, none of them, none of the big uh, networks, NBC, CBS, ABC, have even touched this story. According to Newsbusters, 12 major staffers have left Kamala Harris's office uh, amidst discontent and chaos. And don't look to ABC, CBS or NBC because none of them seem to care. It seems that none of them... None of those networks have reported anything about this. All right, so let's get to Russia and Ukraine. We now know Buch- the, 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 the story in Bucha, which is a suburb of Kiev, now that the Russians um, are withdrawing. So, you know, they're discovering like all sorts of just atrocities, unspeakable war crimes, human rights abuses. These things are like I, you can't even talk about some of these things because they're so, so horrific. Massacres in the street, innocent civilians, women, children, hospitals, people in shelters. I mean, uh, and it really, really is. It's just so disheartening. It's so disturbing. There are no words to describe it, really. And, uh, you know, you're talking about tens of thousands. We say those numbers and we don't really appreciate or comprehend what we're saying, but tens of thousands of, of innocent civilians. I'm not talking about soldiers. Tens of thousands of innocent civilians have been brutally killed by Russians and so many others have been wounded and tortured. 
And the problem is, like, this was a chance, even despite all this, the Russians, and and look, is Putin going to stand trial for war crimes like Biden suggested? No, of course not. It is highly unlikely that Putin is ever going to be tried for committing these war crimes. And that's even if he's overthrown in Russia. I mean, look, it's it's theoretically possible, but I, I just don't don't hold your breath. But uh, this, even despite all this, the Russians are failing miserably. The Russians, they have been so overmatched here in Ukraine. The Russian army, the Russian military has been a disaster. And the Russians, you know, they were the, the American Pentagon. That's what they do all day is model these things and figure out, all right, who's going to win, who's going to lose. They basically said, yeah, Mark Milley saying what, that the Russians would take Ukraine in like three days. I mean, and now Mark Milley's backtracking and saying it's going to be years, but uh, this war is going to drag on for years. Mark Milley, like as though he has any credibility. And remember what he did with China, where he basically undermined Trump, who was the president at the time, told China, I'll alert you if Trump ever tries to attack you. That tells you everything you need to know about Mark Milley. This is like a general. But anyway, the the, the, the Pentagon got it all wrong. They told, so they dramatically underrated, I mean severely underrated what the Ukrainian resistance was capable of. And what's so depressing about it is they could have brought down Putin. If, if Biden weren't so weak, so afraid of Putin and tiptoeing around, and they still, you know, they could have loaded up they could have loaded – William Barr said, he said, the fundamental mistake was, why didn't you load up the day Biden took office, load, the, the, the day that Putin started threatening, just load up Ukraine with all sorts of weapons, anti-tank missiles, you know, the Javelin missiles, and uh, g- give them weapons to be able to control the airspace so the Russians can't, can't dominate the airspace. There's so much they could have done, and then Putin would have been very hesitant. He, 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 the odds are he would not have invaded because he would have known, wait a second – the Ukrainians are going to fight, and and we can't do this. But because and let that let's to say nothing of Trump. I mean, Trump. I think he would have literally used this to overthrow Putin. He would have pulled a Reagan with the Soviet Union, where you know they would have gotten Putin toppled from within. But like they could have loaded up the Ukrainians with so much firepower, and they could have crushed Putin with sanctions. Not now, that too little, too late, but months ago. Um, when Putin had a chance to, you know, uh, withdraw the, the troops from the border. And Germany, you know, Germany, this is egregious. Germany still refuses to stop buying oil and gas from Russia, even despite everything that's gone on. Germany is so terrified. This shows you that Putin, Russia and China, they have so much power and uh, the world gives them so much power. We should cut them off. But Germany refuses. It's disgraceful to stop buying oil and gas from Russia. Germany refuses to send any offensive weapons to Ukraine. And uh, so we're basically paying Putin billions as a reward for murdering thousands of and torturing thousands of innocent people, including women and children. So it really, really is frustrating in in a lot of ways. And meanwhile, Biden has imposed sanctions on Iran's missile program, the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Program. And this is also so frustrating because, like, here they are. They're they're literally doing everything they can to prop up Iran. I mean, they're offering to remove sanctions from the IRGC and all all sorts of other Iranian terrorists, remove the terrorist label from dozens of Iranian terror groups, very dangerous groups, very, uh, you know, groups that have carried out that are responsible for killing thousands of people. And the ballistic missiles that Obama allowed to be developed, the now Biden is imposing sanctions on them. So it's like you're going to remove sanctions on all the Iranian terrorists. You're going to give them billions of dollars in cash because that's what Biden is trying to do with the new Iran deal. But which is supposed to be worse than the Obama nuclear deal, which is hard to imagine. And the Iranians, they launched a missile near the U.S. consulate in Iraq. So as a token measure, Biden is imposing sanctions. I mean, the the whole thing, it's almost comical. And by the way, do you know that the Biden nuclear deal, and it hasn't been finalized yet, but do you know that it's going to allow Russia 
to purchase surplus uranium from Iran. Have you ever heard of anything so ludicrous? They're going to stop the Iranians from producing, not not stop, because the Iranians will be able to enrich uranium, but then if their stockpile gets overflown and has a surplus, they're going to be allowed to sell that off to Russia. They're going to sell off. Iran is going to sell, thanks to Biden, Iran is going to sell uranium to Russia, to Putin. Now, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it's 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 nuts. It's madness. And think about the hypocrisy here, how Biden will allow Iranian terror groups to run rampant. I mean, it's just amazing how the Iranians, like they manipulate Democrats. I mean, it's unbelievable how they sponsor these terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthi rebels. They develop these nuclear weapons. This is the Iranian strategy is what we're going to do is we're going to develop nuclear. We're going to do all sorts of horrible things. And we're going to sponsor terror all over the place, proxy wars with Israel, with Saudi Arabia, with the UAE, with others. And, and the Saudis don't return Biden's call. That's a, that's a fact. And, and, and the Emirates, they refuse Biden's call. They, they don't want to even talk to the man. Tells you everything you need to know. But um, and it's embarrassing. It's honestly it's humiliating because they spoke to Obama. But that's how, you know, Biden, he's just so pitiful and so incompetent. But uh, they, they have no problem just basically hanging up on the man. But that's what Iran does is they say, listen, we're going to carry out terror attacks everywhere, but we're also going to develop nukes. And then the world's going to be so afraid of us developing nukes. Well, we have to get the nukes off the table. Oh, so we'll give them billions of dollars. And then we're going to lift sanctions on all these terror groups so that they can carry out all these terror attacks that we're basically paying them. Remember Kerry? There's literally a clip of John Kerry when he was Obama secretary of state admitting, admitting on the news. Yes, uh, we're giving billions of dollars to Iran as part of this deal. And it's going to end up some of it will end up in the hands of terror groups. He literally said it. All right, so I want to talk about Israel, and there was an, another horrific attack in in Tel Aviv, and there are no words to describe these attacks, and uh, you know they are they are rampant right now. And the thing we have to recognize is the prime minister is responsible, okay? And we can debate. Look, the prime minister is he in a certain sense he's more concerned with West Bank settlers than he is with the Arabs. I mean, they're literally they're cracking down. They're 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 they're, they're passing so many measures that are anti-religious. And now you have an upheaval obviously in the Knesset because you have the one one of the uh members of the Bennett coalition has resigned. So now Bennett has lost his majority. So it's very very shaky. But um it, you know, you really the buck stops with the prime minister and the prime minister, I haven't seen anything. I I said I'd give him a chance after the last terror attack. And here we have another horrific terror attack that took place uh, in Tel Aviv on Thursday. And, um, you know, at a certain point, when do you say, okay, well, what's he doing? What is he doing? And, and I know that these attacks, some of them are being carried out by Arabs in Israel. They're residents of Israel. So they're not coming from the Palestinian territory, the PA or Gaza. They're actually coming from within Israel, but I don't care. First of all, they're getting support from Fatah. I have no question that they're get, that it's getting paid for probably by U.S. tax dollars because we've been giving the Palestinians, you know, money to be able to then use to sponsor terror. But uh, even within Israel, like if anything, within Israel, that, that's more of a reason that you need to crack down. So they should they should just go do sweeps. Any Arab neighborhood, if this were Netanyahu, th- they would have the military literally going house to house and just doing these sweeps and just busting up the terror groups, taking seizing all their weapons. I mean, that's what you need to do. I, I don't see any other option. In addition... You do have Arabs that are sneaking in through through breaches at the border. So whoever you're going to blame for that, right now, you've got to close up those breaches. You need to have a border wall. You need to secure Israel's border. Plain and simple. It's probably the most crucial border on the planet because they're surrounded by so many Arab countries, so many enemies that you need to secure. So in my opinion, Bennett, 
you know, he's been soft on the Arabs and he needs the Arabs as part of his coalition. If, if he loses one Arab Knesset member who's part of his coalition, then uh, he's toast. You know, then then his government topples and, and crumbles. So uh, he's been soft on the Arabs and he needs the Arabs as part of his government. You know, it doesn't take a genius to put two and two together. Meanwhile, Mansour Abbas, who's the chairman of the Ram Party, so he's the chairman of the Arab Party in the Knesset. And by the way, the Arab the Arab Party in Knesset, the Ram Party, they represent Arabs in Israel, right? So that tell, and they're the ones who are carrying out a lot of these attacks. So again, you know, do the math. But uh, Abbas, he refused. He canceled a, a, a speech. He was going to give a speech, and in that speech on Sunday, he was going to mention he was going to condemn the recent wave of terror attacks. He was going to condemn the terrorists, and he canceled that speech. And the um, you know the the way that the news reports are. Um, their conclusion on this, on why Abbas, or their at least speculation, strong speculation on why Abbas canceled this speech, is because uh, it was going to get a lot of backlash. In fact, uh, let me read you this over here. Um, the Islamic movement believes Abbas, this is Channel 12 News, the Islamic movement believes Abbas has gone too far with some of his statements regarding the wave of terrorist attacks, and he's afraid of criticism and backlash. The statements condemning the recent terror attacks in Israel posted by Abbas on Twitter um were mostly not shared by other Knesset members. Other other Ram Knesset members did not share the condemnation messages that were released by by Mansur Abbas on their Facebook accounts, and they did not appear on Ram's Facebook page. So he's kind of like trying to, you know, toe this line where he's not he's condemning the terrorists, but in a very quiet hush hush sort of way because he doesn't want to actually offend the terrorists. Well, that's a very big problem, obviously. All right, Joe Biden has extended the freeze on student loan payments through August. And Ocasio-Cortez is complaining, by the way. Ocasio-Cortez, Biden actually didn't... He's not going far enough for the socialists. The socialists like Ocasio and Bernie Sanders, they want want student loans canceled altogether, which would be a a cost of trillions of dollars to American taxpayers. But all right, let's just borrow more. We're $30 trillion in debt. Why not go $31 or $32 trillion in debt? We have a trillion-dollar deficit, so we'll have a $2 trillion deficit. What's the big deal, right? But um, Ocasio is complaining because she says even though he actually extended the freeze on student loan payments, the COVID freeze. And by the way, the government is still still spending billions and billions, if not trillions, on COVID. And it's really obscene because, like, why COVID at this point? You know, COVID is not more harmful than a lot of other sicknesses. And and it's probably the death rate from COVID right now is probably not even higher than, than the flu, than, than the yearly flu, so uh, which also kills people. So uh, the, the, you cannot justify spending billions of dollars when you're thirty trillion dollars in debt, and you know COVID right now is is much weaker and not nearly the threat that it was. And I'm not even sure if all this money helps because look, Nancy Pelosi just got COVID; she's boosted, right? She was near Biden. Pe- you know, people who have boosters and masks, they're still getting, they're still catching COVID. So I, I don't even know. Uh, you know, wh- wh- why the government needs to be spending this money. And, and look, I understand that the drug companies, like any sickness, drug companies deserve to profit. If they have a way to treat COVID, then great. But let them develop it. We don't need to subsidize that. Anyway, so Ocasio is complaining because of the uncertainty. She says, yes, yes, you're extending the freeze on the student loans, but people need to think about it. It's it's so unfair that people need to wonder. Every three months they need to wonder, will you extend it more? Will you extend it more? Then they find out, oh, I don't need to pay. But they don't know. The uncertainty, that's what, that, that, that's what Ocasio literally on Twitter was complaining about. So, like, think about that. It's not fair. It's not enough. Yes, you're letting them not pay the student loan, but that's not enough. You also need to tell them now that for years to come, 
they're not going to have to pay. You need to decide that now because if you decide that, you know, if you only give a three-month extension and then after three months you uh, you reassess and then extend it again three months later, oh, you're, you're, you're torturing these people. I mean, they actually think that they're going to have to pay back the money that they borrowed. It, you cannot make this stuff up. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.